Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event. Fight fans worldwide, you've tuned into the number one undisputed boxing podcast today. This is the Boxing Breakdown. Now, your heavy-handed, hard-hitting host, Mark Roxy. What's up, what's up, what's up? This is your host, Mark Roxy, and I'd like to thank you for listening in again to the Boxing Breakdown. Hope you guys are having a good week, and uh, I'm excited for uh, today's show. I've got tons of great news, and I've got an absolutely intriguing guest today. So I just wanted to start out by... um, uh, telling you that if you like the boxing breakdown, please consider uh, liking us on Facebook, following us on Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn as well. And uh, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, I've got some news. First bit of news is I'm super excited that um, we're going to start doing live broadcasting uh, of the boxing breakdown. So you're going to get to see the guests, uh, in, in full living color. And we're going to be, uh, basically streaming that on YouTube, uh, and Facebook, uh, as well as LinkedIn. So you guys in the future episodes, keep an eye out for that. I'll be posting that. I'll be sharing news on how we plan on proceeding on our Facebook page and you can always check us out at the boxing breakdown. And uh so some of the news that uh has been really coming over the wire and things that I've been really paying attention to uh include uh Adrian Broner, right? Like I don't know if you've been following what what's going on with Adrian Broner. Um but he made some public statements uh uh he was interviewed recently, and then it was all over uh, social media, uh, that interview. And part of what he said was, I mean, the, 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 it was a long interview, but the, but the basic crux, crux to the interview was that um, he's looking for fights at 140. He's looking for a certain amount of money. He's looking for like $10 million for a pay date. He really doesn't, I don't think he really uh, he's not opposed to fighting uh, without an audience, but he knows he's not going to get the money that he really, truly does deserve. He's super entertaining. And um, so he's probably not going to be fighting unless he can get that. Uh, he might be sitting on a shelf a little unless he can get that 10 mil for the fight. So I thought that was really interesting. But here's here's the piece of that that to me is intriguing. Uh he also commented on the fact that he might be able to make 135. And see, the reason I think that's so powerful and such an important statement, right, is because uh, from 2008 to 2013, Adrian Broner uh, fought in that weight class and he was able to capture a world title, uh, but, but he was also undefeated in that weight class. So that was a great, great weight for him. 
he was able to dominate back in those years. The question I have is, you know, if you know anything about that weight class, uh, I've been reporting a lot on that weight class. You've got, you know, Vasily Lomachenko. You've got, uh, oh gosh, there's so many guys, Devin Haney, um, that are in that weight class. You got Teofimo Lopez, Luke Campbell. I mean, that is a, a Ryan Garcia. It's a stacked division. And it's probably one of the most exciting divisions in boxing right now. Well, for me, as as a purist boxing fan and someone who uh, really uh, is a scientist of the game, uh, that weight class is super intriguing to me. And I love Adrian Broner. I would love to see you go back to that weight. I know you can make it. I definitely think that you would be um, a player in that division. I, I honestly haven't seen you at that class for a long time, but I would love to see you preparing for that class and see what you could do there. Because, And I know the guys that are in that division might, might want to see that as well. So fans definitely would love to see you in action. We love you, Adrian Broner, and I hope that... Um, you know, uh, we get to chat uh, soon enough, right? So there's some some other news um, that I'll tell you about briefly. Uh, some of it is er- Errol Spence uh, is set finally to fight Danny Garcia. It is set for November 21st. So that is a fact. It's going down. And I love that fight. And I love Danny Garcia. Uh, I'm not that I'm, I'm a... a uh, uh, not a fan of Errol Spence. He's his super, super uh, quality fighter, but I really would love to see what Danny can make out of that. Uh, he's going into the fight. Obviously I've been talking to a lot of people in the boxing world uh, as somewhat of an underdog, but I think they don't sleep on Danny Garcia. Shout out to Danny Garcia and his team, right? I think that could be a really great fight. Um, so I, I'm definitely going to tune into that fight and y'all should tune into it too. Uh, if you if you know who you got, you know, hit me up on Facebook, you know, send me a message or uh, at the boxing breakdown. Just let me know what you think, man. I'd love to love to chat with you and love to hear what your opinion is about that. Um, also, uh, what do you think? I mean, what do you think? Do you think that Errol Spence really needs to beat Crawford in order for him to? Uh, to, to be able to say he's the best? Do you think that Errol Spence really needs to beat Crawford in order to do that? Let me know what you think. I, I don't know. I mean, I know Crawford is, uh, you know, he's at the top of the weight class. He's at the top of the division. And and uh, certainly you got to get past him, right, to prove that. But, you know, I guess first first dibs is Danny Garcia and we'll see how he does. If he does great there, I, I assume that Terrence Crawford fight's going to go down. Then, uh, furthermore in the news, uh, we've got, uh, some, some news coming across the wire that Teofimo Lopez is, is not happy with the deal for Vasily Lomachenko. That's hearsay. I don't know if it's true. Hopefully that fight, uh, comes off. I, as you know, I've been super excited about that fight and I would hate to see that fight or that deal fall apart. It's not a good idea. The fans need to see that fight. That is the fight of the year. So 
hopefully you guys can figure it out. Uh, Lopez and, and uh, Lomachenko, y'all, y'all, your, uh, you know, your staff can figure out what needs to happen to make that fight because the fans need to see that. That's all I got to say about that. And then, furthermore, in the news, we got uh, Leo Santa Cruz, and he says that. Uh, not only is he going to come out with a victory, but he really plans to destroy Tank Davis. Big statements coming out of uh, Santa Cruz's camp. Um, another great fight. Can't wait to see that. <laughs> I mean, that, I don't know. What do you think? Let me know. Uh, finally, uh, there's two two more little bits of news. You got Canelo, Canelo Alvarez. He really... Um, He's kind of on the shelf a little bit here because he missed that September 12th date that I think uh, uh, Roy Jones and uh, Mike Tyson got, which, by the way, that fight is on fire. And now, like I predicted, everybody wants to see that fight, even if it's an exhibition. You're hearing uh, news coming out that everybody's up on it. They all want to see it. Fire. I called it. Don't forget, Mark Roxy, Boxing Breakdown. I called that several episodes ago. And then, um, anyway, back to Canelo. He's he's looking at trying to figure out if he wants to fight Callum Smith or uh, Demetrius Andrada. I don't know. I don't know which one of the guys he's going to fight, but I'm just hoping to see Canelo in the ring. You know, pretty soon. He's he's a fantastic fighter, and uh, the fans really need some Canelo. So hopefully, they can work that out. And if you are a manager, trainer, or uh, advisor, or even just a fighter, and you guys want to get on the program, you want to come and join me and break down some boxing and talk about your careers or talk about what you're up to, listen, hit me up at Facebook. Send me a message, uh, a private message, and uh, you know we'll take a look, and uh, we'll review your request, and, and if we think it's going to uh, match up with an episode, we'll get you on, all right? If you like the Boxing Breakdown and you like to contribute to it, you can make a donation at www.patreon.com slash theboxingbreakdown. So, with that being said, uh, some of the upcoming episodes that I'm hoping to have, I'm hoping to have Adrian Broner. I'm also looking forward to having uh, the one and only Britton Hart right? And I've been shouting out Mike Tyson, trying to get him on the program too. So, you know, listen up people. We got a couple of good episodes in the queue ready to go off. So can't wait. Looking forward to it. And now I want to get on to the show and tell you a little bit about my special guest. So my special guest this week on The Boxing Breakdown is Joey I. Let me tell you a little bit about Joey I. So Joey is the, uh, he was a former amateur and pro boxer. He was also a pro, former pro wrestler and the national arm wrestling champion. You do not want to wrestle with Joey I. He was the national arm wrestling champion. Joey's been in boxing for 41 years. He's the former owner of several boxing gyms, most of which have been in Philadelphia. He's a trainer, a manager, and a promoter. In addition to those skill sets, he also 
uh, is an active pro professional cut man. He works for boxing and he works for MMA and he's done that for over 25 years. He's the 15-time Pennsylvania Cut Man of the Year. So to let you know, he's got some skills in the cut man business. If you're looking to hire a cut man, you better check out Joey I, right? So <clears throat> he's been inducted into three Hall of Fames, the Atlantic City Hall of Fame in 2012, the Pennsylvania Hall of Fame in 2015, and the New Jersey Hall of Fame in 2017. He's also enshrined in the Fila Italy Italian Immigrant Museum in Philadelphia. And he's been in over a hundred films, including, get this people, get this, in the first Rocky film, Rocky II in 1979, he sat on Sly Stallone's shoulder at age nine years old. That alone would be an accomplishment. That is amazing. You got to love Rocky, right? So along with Rocky V, he was in Rocky V, he was in Rocky Balboa, and two of my favorite, he was in Creed, and he was in Creed Two. He's been a technical advisor, and he played himself in that in that movie. He's worked as a cut man and a hand wrapper for many, many great fighters all over the world. He's practically worked within the entire Witherspoon family. He's worked with Tim Witherspoon. He's worked with Tim Witherspoon Jr., Chaz Witherspoon, etc. right? He's worked with Ivan Robinson, Bruce Sheldon, Jackie Frazier, Sergei Kovalev, Chad Dawson, Tony Ferranti, Anthony Caputo, Chuck Musasio, and Christian Carto, Sonny Canto, Thomas LaManna, and a whole host of other fighters. He's worked with uh, my fighters as well. This guy has a resume like you wouldn't believe, and it is my distinct pleasure and honor to just hang out with you. What's up, what's up, what's up? Come on in, Joey I. Yo, Mark, how are you? What's up, Joey I? What's going on, man? Hey, not too much at this moment, but, uh, you know, with all this COVID mess, but uh, just keeping on, keeping on. Yeah, so you down in Philly, right? Yeah. And how's it down there? That's eh, pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you if you want to grab something to eat, it's got to be outside, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, eat or drink, um, you know, you got to keep your distance and... It's streets are, you know, not as barren as they were a few months ago. Um, you know, every time you think things are going to change, uh, they come up with something else and they pull the plug. <laughs> so, you know, it's frustrating. But, you know, got to stay safe. Yeah, it's, it is it's very frustrating. It's, it's really tough, and um, especially for a lot of people out of work and, you know. Yeah. You really get to know, uh, with this, you really get to uh, get to really know your family. Yo. I got four kids and a wife, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, not only do you get to know your family, but you get to know people. Like people yeah. people yeah. that you thought were like riding with you, you know. Oh, yeah. They don't yeah. call you, man. They don't like, and you really, you know, yeah. it's been an interesting ride, you know, the last, uh, really since um, 
March, you know, things mm-hmm. have really like, it's amazing what, you know, what we've all experienced. And I know like in the boxing world, you know, we're all kind of like just hanging, hanging tough uh, yeah. for, for the sport to really return to some, you know, especially the smaller. Some promoters. kind of normalcy. Yeah. 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 And, um, I, I feel so bad I, when I'm watching these ones that were on ESPN and now last night, you know, they got them on that. Uh, on Showtime now, yeah. and there's literally no one there. I, 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 I as a, haven't been a former fighter, I can't imagine because I thrived off the crowd. I can't imagine being in a room and there's nobody there, and you guys are. It, it's worse than there's more people in a gym when you're sparring than what they got. Well, I mean, the, the, the crowd, the fans are what would, would get you going. What gets gets makes it a real fight, and yeah. it's, it's I, I don't know. I, I don't even think I'd, I'd be enthused to be there working with them. Oh, if, I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. With nobody there. Imagine, yeah. imagine flying out to Las Vegas to do a show, right? Having a quarantine, right? Mm-hmm. When you get back, I mean, it's just a big. I mean, oh, so, I know. Man. I I got offered to uh, go to Florida for a fight, and I was like, wait a minute. I was like, <laughs> when? Like, oh, in the middle of August. I said, do you realize that's the worst place in the whole country? I said, I'm gonna have to go out a week ahead of time. Right, and then when I come home, I got a quarantine for two weeks. I said, "You need to pay me for like a month's worth of." of I said, "I can't shut my business down and right? things like that." I said, "I can't do it." I and know. I said, "Then I'd have to stay away from my family. I'd have to probably live in my basement." Yeah. You know, and no, I, I said, "I said, nah." I said, "I'm not." I said, "It's not worth it for one fight to go all." As far. I said, "Nah." I said, "I can't do it." That's, I just, I mean, it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's not it's, workable. It's, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. No, it, and it's just. Just the whole the whole thing about it, like you know, like I I have a um I have a local one to do a, a cage fight. They're doing two days in a row right. in a closed place in Philly. You know, nobody there type thing, and um because they're only allowed to have six fights at a time. So instead of doing it, which I thought, well, if you got twelve fights, just get them out of the way in one night. No, they're going to do it two nights in a row. But um, I just just the 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 aura and and the, and the ambiance of it. There's nothing. You're gonna be in a big empty room and just you know you're gonna hear feet moving around and slaps. You know it just yeah. It, you know what it reminds me of on like the big big cards that I've worked when like you know like a big pay per view or something say with an AC or New York or somewhere like that or Vegas and they got like twelve fights on the card. Well, well most of the fights on the undercard. You know, they're just obligations that the promoter has to keep their guys fighting. And you're there, and there's literally in a giant arena, and there's nobody there. <laughs> you can, it looks, it feels like the guy's going to the electric chair. Yeah. Like, they're just, you know, walking out, and, and you just hear nothing, and there's nobody in the, in the room. And, you know, you might, you know, you, you can't be yelling too much to your fighter because the, uh, the other side can hear you just as well as, <laughs> any, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's so, it's, it's bizarre. I feel bad for the fighters because yeah. it's so, like, like they say, if a tree fell in the forest, you know, did, yeah. did it make a sound? You know, <laughs> I, I always say, if Ali Frazier, if nobody was there, would that have been the fight of the century? No, and I'd have sure. to say, no, no. I know. You know, it, it, it's, 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 it's tough. It's it really surreal. is. I, I would it's hope surreal. that we could get to some kind of normalcy, but I don't know. And it's going to be a long time because even when they say, yeah, everything's okay, there's people going to be scared to death to go anywhere. Yeah, you know, no, to be right. in any kind of crowds. Yeah, yeah, no, and people are getting wild. And I don't people blame are, them. People you know, are, like, yeah. out of control, man. I mean, people yeah. are, like, you know, you don't, you pull, like, I went into the grocery store the other day, and it was raining, mm-hmm. right? So I jumped out of my car, and I started running into the grocery store. And mm-hmm. I got into the grocery store, 
like halfway in and luckily it was like a Sunday night, like right, you know, like maybe yeah. like eight o'clock at night. And as I ran in the store, I went halfway in deep into the store and I didn't have my mask on. Yep. And you realized. Yep, and I was yeah. like, oh my God. And then I pulled up my shirt and I ran out of the, out of the grocery mm-hmm. store and grabbed the mask, threw it on, went back in. And I was like, yep. you know. And, <laughs> and there's no middle ground with that. It's either no. people don't care or they want to kill you. Yeah, yeah. And, and really, you yeah. know, what we do know, we don't know enough. But what we have to do, it, it takes nothing, guys, to put your mask on. It takes nothing. Yeah. Even if the mask doesn't help, right? Right. And we got to do what we got to do, right? To just try. Yeah, at least to at keep least some try. kind of peace and keep some kind of order. Yeah, yeah. or just, just maybe it does. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what's going on, really, to be quite honest. I'm, no, I'm, I don't. I know. Because you, know, you, you, you don't know who to believe. You don't know no. what's true, what's not. What's, I mean, you know, I mean, the, the part of the honest part to it is, and... Um, and I, I, I feel this right away. It happens to me um, because having been a fighter, I do have, I've been tested, I do have brain damage. And, you know, we all do. <laughs> we all but, do. Um, you know, it got like a relaxed brain, you know. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, no. but um, if I wear that mask for, you know, because it's not a respirator, it's a mask. So you're breathing out your carbon dioxide and carbon monoxide and you're breathing it right back in. Yeah. So that that causes brain damage, you know, and, may, and it makes you lightheaded and right. killing your brain cells. Well, it hits me within ten minutes, and I right. get a, I get a headache after I leave. You know what I yeah. mean? But but if we if we keep this up for you know another year or two doing this all the time, you're gonna have a bunch of people walking around not knowing how to tie their shoes. No, 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 and you can see the confusion. They're gonna be like, oh, "Where did I park my car?" Yeah, man. Like, it's it, it's it's you know it, it's bad, <laughs> but. I mean, the things that, the masks that would really, really help and save you, nobody can afford them. Right. You know, you'd have to wear a respirator like a guy who paints cars would right. wear. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. come on, you know? Yeah. But it's it's tough. It, it's, it's it's a bad situation all the way around. I, I got, I, I'm surprised that it's been this long. You know, a few months ago, I would have said, yeah, two months, we'll put up with it. And right. now, I mean, you know, it, yeah. it's, and there's no end in sight to things. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, got, you don't know what's causing what, who's doing what, you know, it's. Yeah, what's you know, political, what's not political, well, what's yeah, real, what's You know, not. I keep hearing a lot of people going, you know when COVID's going to go away? November 4th, yeah. the day after the elections. And I'm like, oh, God. I'm right. like, I don't know. Right. And I'm like, we should be you know, so lucky, man. What's what. We should be lucky, yeah. Joe. I mean, if, we, yeah. if we're you know lucky that, that that's what's up, hey. I'll take it. Hey, I just, I'll I take it. it is right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because like, look, we we we've, we've lived through many conspiracies. Yeah. You know, I'm 51 <laughs> years old, and there's been many of those things that you know you're like, like they come out later. You're watching some TV show, and you go, Oh yeah, oh yeah, the government did that. It's like they're going, Yeah, they're not denying it. Oh, oh really? Oh, right. okay, thanks. Yeah, thanks. You know, yeah. yeah. It comes out like, yeah, you know, yeah. They gave this whole population a venereal disease just just cause. Oh, okay, thank you. You know, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's, you don't know. Yeah, you know, it's tough. I know it really is. So listen, I wanna, I wanna, I got a bunch of things I wanna talk to you about, man. I, I, sure. I um, I did your intro, and your intro is, you know, it's on blast, man. You like, I just like. There's so much to talk to you about. First of all, how did you get into boxing? How did that happen? Well, this is an old story. I think I've told this one a million and one times. But, oh, yeah. but people what happened know. is, yeah, what happened is, obviously, you know, I'm five foot two. Well, I haven't grown since I was probably, I don't know, nine. <laughs> so when I was little, I grew up in a really tough part of the city. I mean, like, 
all anybody did was fight. You know, right. you had to belong to a gang to, yeah. you know, so you didn't get killed. Yeah, you know, sure. so at 10 years old, I was like in a gang. But I used to get my ass kicked all the time. I was a little guy smiling at everybody. And, you know, they, they wanted to kick my teeth down my throat. And the funny <laughs> thing is, is the neighborhood I lived in was predominantly Irish and German. Right. So little Italian kids in that neighborhood, they didn't even know what I was. Right. You know, they, you know. So, yeah, I, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was bullied a lot. Wow. And I had a friend who was smaller than me, because he was about a year younger than me, real skinny little kid, and his name was Frankie, and the big kids knew he went to the gym, and he was a real decent little boxer, right? He, he could really, you know, he, he had good moves, only at, at nine, ten years old. So, yeah, he was about eight or nine, and I was, I was about nine or ten, and... So every day after school, the big kids would make him practice his boxing on me. You know, as we were walking home together, we were friends. Right. You know, and, and he kept bugging me on the way home. I'd be like wiping the blood off my nose. Right. And he'd be going, hey, Joe, why don't you come to the gym with me? And I'm going, why? So I can get beat up there too. And I'm like, man, I'm like, as long as I just want to, I, I know I can take a punch. And, you know, if I get you with one, I, you know, but, you know, so. What happened is, I mean, he was always bugging me, and I was considering it, but I'm going, I don't know. And I got the opportunity to be in Rocky II in 1979. The movie came out in 79, so it's probably like, the end, I don't know, maybe November of 78, something like that. Right, got the, yeah. got the opportunity. They came to my school, and they picked the athletes in the school, and I ran track. So they were like, oh, yeah, you're on track. Would you like to be in, I don't know, like, being a Rocky movie, yeah, I want to be with Rocky, you know. And so, you know, uh, an aunt or somebody loaded a bunch of us up into a station wagon, took us down, down, and all day long we we ran with them. Wow! You know, ran down the parkway, ran, ran, uh, you know, up the art museum steps, up and down and up and down all damn day, all up down <laughs> in seventy two steps, up and down, oh, right? Yeah. And they kept all these different takes, but everybody wanted to get there first. Right. Me being so little, I would kind of fast, and those steps are like nothing to me because you know you, you really got to jump. You know, a normal person's got to like run three or four of them at a time. Right. And it didn't bother me. I just ran right up to him, and I kept getting there first. And at one point, he reached down, picked me up, put me on his shoulders, and he was like, "Yeah, you do it." You know, I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and I'm like, and I think he put me down because I probably pissed all over him. You know what I mean on his shoulder? <laughs> but you know, he put me down. And I was like, oh my, and even though we ran from early morning till it got dark, and I was like dead tired, I still, I went home and told my dad, I was like, I want to be just like Rock. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm Italian, I'm little, I'm left-handed, man. I want to be just like you know, him. And I made my father the next day take me to the gym, to a gym in Kensington. Oh. And, um, and I wound up and never left. You know, I never looked back, you know. And, oh. um... And the funny part was, is I also, as years into it, that was like the first movie I was in, but I always kept saying, yeah, well, I would like to do movies too. And um, then like another time, I got to be in Rocky Five. What? He, yeah, he, he, he came in. The owner of the gym, Passion Cat, I'm sorry, Philadelphia Boxing Club on Passion Cat, he, 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 he um, and I was still like an amateur at the time. And when they were doing uh, Rocky Five, and he was coming in for sparring partners right. and guys maybe to be in scenes with Tommy Gunn, right. you know, Tommy Morrison. And so, but I had just walked in from work 
And I, 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 for years, I did cement work as a cement contractor. Right. So I came in with like a Jeff cap on and a Carhartt work jacket or something. You know, I was coming from work. It was like wintertime. I walked in and Stallone was there. And I said, oh, and the guy Gabe, who owned the gym? And I said, hey, Gabe, he brought Stallone. He goes, yeah, he's looking for guys for the, they might even use the gym for something. I said, oh, okay, whatever. And then all of a sudden he's picking these, the Stallone's literally ticking guys. Yeah, get that guy over there. Get this guy. He goes, and that guy too. And I'm like, what? what? And I was like, uh, you're looking for heavyweights. I'm barely a lightweight. What are you talking about? You know? And they go, no, no, just the way he is. He's perfect. Wow. Be a corner man. Wow. And they picked me to be a corner man at the Blue Horizon, wearing my, my, my Jeff cap on and everything, you know, and a Q-tip in my mouth or whatever, and a towel over my shoulder. But in that one, I can like, I can, I, I really got to slow it down to find myself. You know what I mean? Right. It was like one of those things. But um, but yeah, I've been in about four of the four of the Rocky movies so far, and um, you know, Creed, I played myself, and I was the technical advisor, and right. I handpicked all the fighters that you see in it, the trainers, the referees, right? You know, and um, yeah, and it was it was an honor to, to play myself, and all the, the lines that you see that I said this song, yeah. there weren't no, I had to make them up. Wow. So everything me and him said, I made up. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but that's how I got into boxing, you know, and, and I um. You know, like I said, I had like a love for it, and um, I, uh, you know, was well, an amateur fighter and um, did, did halfway decent, and I turned pro and um, moving along, and then I had a knee injury, pretty bad. I blew out my my left knee in a fight, and um, you know, I had to make uh, a decision: do I wear a knee brace and fight really bummy guys, or uh, do I just say, you know, move on to something else? And I moved on to originally being a cut man because um, I, you know, I, I really, really loved that part of the game, you know, of, of why I, like I used to go to fight at, at, at like, um, it was a place called the arena in 46, 46 market. Right. Um, and then there was also like the blue horizon, obviously, and, um, places like that. And we would get the golden Eagle and all these, and I'd be looking, watching the guys in the corner when I'd be watching the fight. Wow. And when I was still an amateur fighter, I had a friend, who was a pro, but he was like kind of a down and out, done, shouldn't have been fighting guy. Right. And he asked me to work his corner at the fight. You know, it was in, it was in, it was in the gym. It was For actually real. at the Front Street gym. They had a pro show at the Front Street gym in, in Philly. And the same Front I, Street I gym him, upstairs, said, the one upstairs. Yeah, okay. Yep, yeah. Yep. And I, and I said, I was like, yeah, I'll help you out. No problem. You know, so I was like, you know, I've been watching these guys and I knew a couple, three different cut men that have been, had been kind of paying attention to what they've been telling me and watching them. And, you know, right. one of them was, was Eddie Aliano, who wow. was with, you know, everybody. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, another guy, the old, old timer who had Joey Giardella and guys like that was Adolfo Taco and wow. Lil AB. And then there was another guy named Stan, the cut man from, from, from Philly too. Um, and he had worked with a lot. And I, you know, I was less listening and learning from him. So he asked me to work his corner. I literally worked his corner. I was about 20 years old. I worked his corner by myself. Wow. And he got cut. I stopped it. And I said, you know what? After I'm done fighting, I think I'd like to do this. And yeah. so when I couldn't fight anymore, it was like a big, you know, you, it was a big, you know, part of my life that of was course, gone, course, you know, yeah. and I kept saying, I don't want to hang around the gym all the time because I know I'll just get talked into fighting again, you know, and it was like, you know, what do I do, you know, and then my wife, like, we, I've only recently gotten married, and I was like, you know what we say about being a cut man, you always talking about Eddie and Nate, and, you know, because I was, I was the one cut man, Adolf, he had been out of it for a long time, and he... He, I used to, I used to learn, listen, learn stuff from him sitting next to him on a bar stool in a bar wow. in South Philly. 
And he would just and he would tell me things. You know, yeah, I learned different things from these three different guys. You know, and and it was it was really you know it, it was it was it was great because I mean you know they passed on to me you know because they they were on the way out you know right. and um yeah it was it was it was it was good because it gave me something to you know because I I said to myself I'm like yeah I think I'd rather be a cut man I said I, I don't I don't want to be a a gym owner. Jim's never make any money. Right. I don't want to be a promoter. All they do is lose money. I said, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to be a manager. They, right. they get guys, they, they put all this money in them, bring them up, up, and then somebody steals them. Right. I don't want to be a trainer because they're not horses. <laughs> right. These guys don't listen for nothing. You know what I mean? And guess what? You, you know what I did? All. I never oh. listened to myself. <laughs> yeah, I own seven different gyms. I've been a pro. I was a promoter for almost twenty years. Freaking, I managed a bunch of guys, training guys. Wow. Like I, every thing I even put rings up. Every thinking thing you can think of. I, I even used to referee tough man fights. Oh my freaking, god! You name it. Freaking, I've done it in this freaking, and I never listened to myself. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you said but I'm my, not going to be a but manager. Yeah, but my main love was was being a cut man. So I mean, <laughs> you know. So you actually said, like, hey, I'm not going to be a manager. I'm not going to be a promoter. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I thought this whole thing out. <laughs> you know, I, like, there was, there was about a six-month period of when I had just stopped fighting. And I'm going, like, and, like, I'd go by the gym, and I would be like, I, I'm not going to go in. I'm not going. <laughs> I know I go in there. I, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm not, you know, somebody will talk me into fighting, you know. Yeah. And or something I shouldn't be doing. You know what I mean? And I'm like, right. ah. and then I, and I, I was like running around through my head and I'm like, cause I always tell guys the same thing, you know, too many guys don't know when to quit, you know, fighting and you want to be able to find your car, you know, not, you know, walk out and go, Hey, where I fuck my car, you know, being a winner yeah. got nothing to do with your record. It's no one to get the hell out. For damn sure. And, you know, so I always tell guys, you know, you know, a guy not long ago, you know, he was very upset after he, like, made an announcement that he wasn't going to fight anymore at the fight. And I was like, come here. Man. I'm like, look, this ain't the end. You've got all this knowledge. You've been right. fighting for 20 years. Give it to kids. Give it to some pro that you know, or some guy that you think could be a pro. Or so huh. this is not the end. That you could manage guys. You could help them be co-promote with somebody and eventually be a pro. You could do so many different things. Hell, you could become a, a, a boxing writer. You could do, you want to stay yeah. in it. You don't have to stay in it in the ring. You know, and absolutely, you know, you, and yeah, definitely, and I, that's the way I, I looked at it. And it was like, you know, you know, I, I hope that I could call myself a winner. You know, what I mean, by doing the right thing and, and keep moving on. And like, I got a lot of respect for guys that do what I couldn't do, which is when you're done, they just walked away. Right. You, you don't even see some guys that fight. Yeah. You know, they don't even show up to a local show. Right. Yeah, and I know a few guys like, you know, like, and it's like, wow, I really got respect for them yep. because the rest of us were like gym rats. Yeah. Like we cannot, it's because boxing's an addiction. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like drugs. For sure. On a Friday or Saturday night when you go, I had enough of this. Monday, you're planning the next thing. Yep. You're like, or you're, or you're right back to where you, you're like, okay, yeah, I'll be there. You know, yeah. and it's, it is, it's, it's like such an addiction. It sure is. And it's, it's, a, just, and it's a passion yeah, it controls that just you, controls, baby, yeah. It, yeah. But uh, at least, uh, you know, it's not one that's really going to kill you. <laughs> you know, no, or, no, no. You know, but, um, but it can bankrupt you, though. Know, <laughs> it lost a lot of money, you know. Yeah. But um, So can the but, stock yeah, market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, like, like, like they always say, you know, like, like uh, 
If, if they weren't crazy, they wouldn't be fighting. Yeah. And if anybody, you know, you got a lot of guys who say, you know, yeah, I'm a real smart business. I get guys call me all the time. Yeah, you know, I've been in business for all these years with this and that. I want to get into managing or promoting fighters. And I'm like, yeah. and they're going to smell that freaking nice suit and all that money of yours and rape you. And you're only going to make boxing worse. Why is that? Well, because in a couple of years when you go, oh, my God, my asshole hurts. And you're going to be bitching <laughs> and mad about and, and saying how bad boxing is. You're just going to be downing it more so nobody needs that. Right. Exactly. You know, and it's the truth. I, I told a guy one time, and it's a shame because it, cause it did happen. And, you know, I won't say any names or anything. The guy who called me, never had been to a fight, never nothing, wanted to manage a fighter. Ugh. And I said, I know who you are through, through a certain business he had, but I, I said, why? Oh, right. you know, well, I, I like this guy, I love him. And then I'm like, it's got nothing to do with love. It's got to do with no, business. It's a business. And I said, you man. either got to be born into this or be a straight gangster yep. and even those guys get screwed over in this <laughs> I said listen to what I'm going to tell you and take my advice because if you don't the sound is going to be echoing in your ears in a couple years and he's like what <laughs> I said run for the freaking hills <laughs> yeah, don't and freaking take one more even thought of this and you know he didn't and listen just like you didn't, didn't listen, listen to yourself <laughs> yes, I lost like a half a million dollars. Oh, man. Unreal. Kid wound up being a world champion, though. Yeah. But, but, but not on his watch. Right, on your dime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. You know, and it, it's, it's, it, it is. It's tough. It's, it's, it's just a, um, it, I mean, I love it, but it's a shitty business at the same time. So yep. it's like a love-hate relationship. You know, it, it's, um, you know, it, it's a poor man's game, and, and it's a it, it it's 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 also a tough man's game. You know, it it's, is for real. it's not for the faint of heart in any part of this. You no. know, like they always say, the the hardest the, the real fight goes on with the guys in the suits in the back. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and you better know what you're doing because if you don't know what you're yeah, doing, exactly, you lose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They always say, watch the guy who's patting you on the back. He's looking for the soft spot to stick the knife. <laughs> you know. But I, I've had so many people say to me, "Oh, I'm in the insurance business. There's nothing shadier." I'm like, "Oh yeah." Right. I'm like, Guy, yeah. I don't care if you're president of Citicorp Bank, you're gonna lose your 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 shirt. There's not another business like the only other business like this, the movie business. Right. Well, no, you 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 nailed it, and and something that. Most of the boxing breakdown people do not know as they're listening to this is that you've been in like tons of movies. Like you, you yeah. have a significant background in movies, and yeah, I've been like yeah, yeah. I even have a um, small production company that I'm part of. I have. You know, so I've been on all, again, all the ends of it, you know, yeah. uh, you know I'm not, the, you know, I, I've been like, I do a lot of the um, continuity stuff on films. Like right. when we do a lot of small films, they'll be like, Joe, does this look right? You know, Joe, like, we don't want to hear you going, not, you know, cause I, I can pick the, I can pick the crap out of freaking even like the Godfather. Right. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll go, oh, that's wrong. This is, that's yeah. not right. That, you know, that, it's that supposed to be 1920. <laughs> Why is there cinder block wall back there? You know, I'm like the worst, <laughs> yeah. but they're the things you got to, to do to get it right to sell a movie, to That's get people right. to believe it, that sure. they're, what they're watching is real. That's yeah. Right. But I've, yeah, I've been in tons. I'm doing, uh, one thing I'm doing right now, there's a, um, uh, on Amazon Prime, two things on Amazon Prime, actually. Um, one called Mark's Place. It's about a mob guy who goes into like witness protection. Right. I'm the narrator. Oh, wow. And just the way I'm talking to you now, that's yeah. the way I got to talk. Well, you got they that down, my, brother. 
Yeah. You got that so down. So they just, just the way I talk is, and all I have to do every once in a while, someone shows up in my house, go in my basement, I, I say the lines I'm supposed to say, they record it, and boom, that's it. Um, <laughs> I just was in another one that's out right now called Chase Street. It's about Camden. It's kind of like kind of like a t- the same take as the, the show The Wire. Yeah. Or that was on HBO. Yeah, it's yeah. like that, like politics and drugs and everything right. in, the, in the ghetto type situation. And I play a, I play a bad guy, you know, I got to... You know, wow, bury what? a guy in the you know in, in yeah. the ground yeah, and all yeah, kinds yeah. of shit. But you know, <laughs> but um, I got I got some real good real good lines with it and stuff. They even had me impersonate Rocky a little bit in it. And, wow. um, you know, but that's on Amazon Prime right now. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, you got I've done so many things over the years. It's it's you know, no, you've done I, stunts. You've done you got two producer yeah. credits. Two producer yes. credits. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome, bro. Yeah, yeah. I've done I've done a lot of my own stunts and things like that. I, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, I was doing one one time when I guess because at the time I was a pro wrestler, right? Which is ironic, right? No, but I, I used to wrestle as if you Rocky. doing that, bro. I could see you yeah. doing that, well, Joey. I, I was dressed up like Rocky, you know, with the, the fedora <laughs> and the gloves, with no fingers, and the leather right. jacket and the gray sweatshirt. And instead of the Italian stallion, I was the Palermo pony. <laughs> and, and, I'm, I'm the only wrestler ever to retire undefeated because, you know, Rocky has to win in the end. You know, for two years straight, I was the battle royal champ. You know, right. you 30 guys and I'm just throwing them all over. Yeah, crazy shit. But you get really hurt. I used to get hurt all the time. So bad with that stuff. You know, I mean, a lot of it's fake, but but a lot of it is real. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the outcome is, is set up. But Jesus Christ, and some of these guys lose their minds. You know, they, they're crazy. You know, but while we were doing that, they hired a bunch of wrestlers a bunch of us to make a movie right and it was called the black ninja and it was kind of yes. like by by day the guy is a johnny cochran lawyer who gets all these scumbag you know uh, killers and drug dealers off <laughs> but at night he'll go and, and he dresses up like a ninja and he kills them wow you know so he gets them off and gets their money and then he goes and kills them right because <laughs> they were all guys who wound up killing his family or some shit i don't know right whatever right. but we had to do all our own stunts and they figured since we were wrestlers no problem right. they literally had me jumping out a window two-story window what as if the guy was throwing me out the window right jump out the window in the middle of the night right and they had a pad a big pad down right. on the ground and it's snowing uh, and they're like joe is, is this where you want it i'm going that's where I wanted. How about all right? Well, yeah, that was good. They're like, okay, action. I jump out the freaking window, fall all the way down. You know, you got the guy, you got to scream. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. You know, and I get all the way to the box. I hit, I landed, but only from my belly up, my legs hit the damn ground. I'm no. like, Jesus Christ. And they're like, all right, well, we got to do that over. Why do we have to do that over? You can't, I, we don't want you to say fuck. Although I go, you didn't say that. You said scream like, I was like, that's what I would be saying if somebody threw me out a two-story window. Hello. And they were like, no, you know. Oh, yeah. And so so we kept take care for take. I'm jumping out of goddamn. I was like, I don't believe this. And it was like, and I was like, okay. You know, but yeah, you know. That's great. But, um. Yeah, I've, I've done I've, a lot of um like car chase type stunts where I'm the drive, you know, with right. driving, and you know, I love love that kind of stuff. That's Because so um, cool. I, you know, because I used to do, I used to do at one point, and this this is something you would have loved it. And I guess, I mean, I had a fight. I used to do some fights down at the lagoon, right. down in Essington, and I used to jump over after the fights, go out in the parking lot, jump over five cars through a ring of fire. What? On an old, on an old Enduro motorcycle, big heavy old motor, 
like old yeah. '70s dirt bike, which they were really no, that's just, they were only a dirt bike because they had knobby tires, All right? You know, but it was a big, and I and I was all dressed in red, white, and blue, and it was a tribute to Evil Knievel, and I called myself Evil Eye. <laughs> and I would jump over, and I had it set up. I had it set up to jump the ring at the Blue Horizon. I was going to use a smaller bike. I had it all worked out. Right. Go over. Again, I only had eight feet between the lights and the, and the top of the ropes of the ring. And I was going to jump over, boom, go down and, and up a ramp and up to the, to the, uh, the, the what do you call it, the stage that was right, at. Right, right. And had it all worked out. And then the place got shut down. Oh, but, uh, man. But it was, getting, it was starting to get too easy. And I kept saying to myself, look, I am not Evil Knievel. That is one of my heroes, my biggest hero in my right. life. That guy was, but he was just flat out crazy. He, he just said, I don't know how I'll get there, but I'm going from here to there. And that's it. Right. And I said, I got to either add more cars or stop doing this. Yeah. And I, you know, and I was like, <laughs> you know. And, stop and it was doing it was a good idea. Life, God bless my wife. She, I'm like thinking, do you realize what I'm doing? Like, I'd be loading the bike up at, at night, you know, to, to go to, I had a friend, uh, his his father had a, um, a Christmas tree farm. Right. It always open land. So we would make ramps or we would, you know, he had an old barn. I would jump over that, like anything to practice the jump. So I'm loaded up my west going, have fun. And I'm going, Jesus. And my buddy said, does she realize? I go, yeah, I don't know. She's going, and now she goes, well, what the hell was I supposed to say? And I'm like, I don't know. I said, I don't know. I said, but, um, you know, at least I'm still here in one piece to tell the story, you know. Right. But, uh, yeah, you know, stuff like that, I always, I'm like, I guess, an adrenaline junkie. I don't know. You know, it's... Uh, Joey I, bro, you are like a <laughs> renaissance man. You like, you know, that, I, you know, I mean, I, I've known you for a while, but, like, yeah. I, I didn't know you jumped through things and motorcycles yeah. and, yeah. you know, you're like, you're into everything, bro. <laughs> Yeah, you know what it is. I'm, I, I, I probably my whole life. You know what? I, I you never want to have is regrets. You know, oh, I should have, would have, could have. You know, all that. I should have done this. I could have done that. Or yeah, anybody's can come to me. You know, I, as long as it wasn't, you know, robbing a Brinks truck, which right now that might not be a bad idea. Right. I don't know, you know. But right. I'm saying, you know, it, it's. Um, I, I probably I don't know that I've said no to too many things. I've been in, I've been in plays, stage plays. I've been all kinds of stuff. And I just have been like, sure, I'll take a shot. You know, I I, I did a comedy routine. Which I'm not a comedian. Oh, I'm a whole yeah. buster, but I'm not a comedian. <laughs> I did a stand-up comedy routine. Last summer at the Atlantic City Boxing Hall of Fame, they had a comedy night. Right. And right. I came out and, you know, and I broke them up right right out of the gate. I came out and I said, all right, look, before we get into the real laughing, get your laugh out now at me. I don't want you laughing at me all night. You laugh with me. Right. And somebody said, why? And I said, all right, I know what you're thinking. How the hell did James Conn and Joe Pesci have a kid? And everybody just, yeah. While, while the whole time right in the front row, Chuck Zito, if you know who that is, right, you know, right. Chuck Zito yep. is stare, gritting at me the whole time, never even, you know, makes changes. Of, and I'm going, how am I supposed to freaking be funny with freaking Chuck Zito's gritting right. at Chuck? Say something, you know, smile. And he's like, yeah. I said, he came up to me right after. He's hugging me. He's going, oh, Baba, you were so funny. You <laughs> were so, I go, I said, what do you mean? I said, he didn't even, I was laughing on the inside. I swear to God. It was right. And I'm like, where are you going to be next? I said, uh, probably working the fight tomorrow night right here. What do you mean? He's like, no, no, when are you going to do another? I go, I'm not a comedian. All right. Um, you know, you I, might I, have, I, you know, listen, you might have to just expand your, you know, you might have to take your 
IMDB and start putting some uh, comedy work credits on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had, you know what I, I did for a while? I, I, would, I, cause I always thought people would say, you got to do a stand-up. You got you to gotta open up for me as a stand-up. I'm like, I'm not a stand-up. I can I see said, that. Stand-up comic, comics are generally not funny people in life. Right. They're usually that, you know, and then they, they pay attention to everybody else, and then they make fun of things. I said, but I said, if you want, I can MC. I said, that's fine. You know, I'll come out, I'll make fun of the audience, I'll break fun. I would go out and start eating people's food, you know, messing with them, you know, saying all kinds, you know, make, you know, tell tell a few jokes, make fun of somebody walking in, you know, okay, here's these other assholes. Come on, you know. And um, I I did one one night where the the comedians were just all really, really, nobody laughed. I mean, the audience was funnier. And (laughs) they kept yelling, Bring, bring the other, bring the dice man guy back out. Like I was, I was wearing like a leather jacket or something. And they were like thinking dice I was play. like doing dice man. I'm like, no, I'm just doing me. All right. You know, but, uh, and I, and I have, um, if you ever saw, uh, I have a talk show too. Um, we did the Joey I show. It, it's on, um, YouTube and Facebook and everything. Ah, that was right. probably the easiest thing I ever did in my life. Shout easiest it out. Thing how, I ever we, did in my life. how do we get to that? Is it just happening now? Right. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I, I, I've done these over the years, um, but there's, um, it's just, there's the Joey I show, and there's also the new Joey I show. Okay. And, um, yeah, I interview people and this and that, but it's kind of like a combination of Dice Man and, and, uh, and, and, uh, Dean Martin. Right. You know what I mean? Like, kind of, you know, I'd be sitting there swigging a bottle of whiskey and, and go, bring the next guy out. And, you know, <laughs> I would, I would make somebody, I'd make somebody like a bouncer type guy, drag somebody in, even with a woman, bring her in. All right, sit around, you know, you know, and uh, like when they open up, the opening scene is my, 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 um, my, uh, my, my sidekick, you know, there would, would announce that, you know, and now on loan from, from the greater for prison, you know, (laughs) and they walk me in and I'd be wearing a yellow jumpsuit. I mean, an orange jumpsuit, you know, and I'm like, I'm handcuffed and a guy uncuffs me and I, then I, but the jumpsuit's all tear away and I rip it off and you got a suit on, you know, and (laughs) go in and sit down and say, you know, but it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, but they wanted to have a script and all I said, I know scripts, no scripts. So all I need to know is whoever I'm interviewing a couple things about them. And if it's somebody I know, forget about it. I don't need nothing. And, you know, we just, you know, sit there, have conversation. We had comedians we had you know uh, singers uh, you know, a lot of act different actors and local yeah. people you know it's like a local type thing but um you know it, it it was funny i i had dinner one night i had to fly to new zealand for a fight but right. i had an eight-hour layover in la so i call a good friend of mine who you have to know if you're in boxing you know one of the greats boom boom mancini oh yeah so i call him up i say yo ray I said, I got to go to New Zealand. He said, oh, yeah. I said, yeah. And he says, I said, but I got an eight-hour layover. You know, I ain't sitting in no day. He goes, don't say another word. I'll go pick you up. And I said, <laughs> I said, he's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. I said, oh, okay. I said, all right. Comes, picks me up. Go to his house for a little bit. I thought, okay, what's he goes, he goes, you ready to go? I go, go where? Back to the airport we just got? He goes, no, look, I got it all set up. It's one of my favorite restaurants. We were like, we were in, you know, in L.A., and it was an outside thing. I said, all right. He goes, I got a couple people here for you to meet. A couple of my friends. Right. all right. Walk up. Who's there? Ed O'Neill. You know, Al Bundy. Oh, wow. Right. God one of the writers. Yeah. One, one, one of the, um, one of the, uh, one of the writers for, um, 
which you call uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm and Seinfeld. Right. David Mamet, who wrote The Untouchables and, and Glenn Gary, Ken Ross, and Schwarzenegger. Nah, I'm like, what? That? And they were, they were his partners in his in Ray's boom was doing a lot of like uh, movie stuff, right? And they were, they were a movie movie company, distribution company. And I'm like, what the hell? And all they kept talking to me about was my show, my. And I'm going, wait a minute, you're you're you're, you're Al Bundy from freaking from 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 Married with Children. Right, you're, you're the freaking dude. Terminator. <laughs> you 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 did one of the two of the best shows that were ever on TV. I said to the other guy, and I said, you wrote all these beautiful uh, plays yeah. and freaking movies. And I'm right. like, this is all you guys want. They're like, we loved it. They're like, I'm like, they're like, how much did that cost to do? Not much. I was like. Right. It was my gym. It was where we filmed it in. It was we. They were like, but you had an audience. I go, yeah. We told people, and about seventy-five people showed up and sat in the audience. So, you know, wow. and they're like, oh my god, you got it. And I said, I don't know. And I'm sitting there going, I can't believe I'm sitting here with Rick and Schwarzenegger. Right. How funny, He's just sitting there puffing a stogie half the right. time, going, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great story. I almost didn't make it to the airport. Yeah. The guy, one guy goes, wait a minute. When did you have to be there? I go, I got to be there at like 8 o'clock or whatever. They're like, dude, it's 7 now. Isn't an international flight? You got to like be there right. 12. Like, two hours yeah. early. Ray's like, I'll get you there right now. He raced me there. And he goes, if you don't get in, if you don't get it, call me. I'll come back. You stay at my house all week. I'm like, I'm all right. <laughs> and he, he friggin' I ran through like crazy and they were just about to close the door and they're like, yeah, you were the last one. We were waiting for you. And I'm like, sorry. Wow. And they jumped on and, you know, 22 hour flight to New Zealand. But, um, yeah, crazy. Amazing. But, um, yeah, you never know who you're going to, who you're going to be meet or be in a movie with. Or, oh, I mean, for like, sure. You know, I got, I got friends that do that all the time that are like fight, uh, some people in, in the fight game, but they'll be like, they'll do, they like to do that, um, you know, six degrees of separation type thing that the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Right. And they're always figuring out how, how how hard is it to get for me to, to Kevin Bacon? And I'm like, it's not hard. <laughs> uh, it's not hard right. at all. It's three degrees. <laughs> yes. Yep. It's three degrees, man. It's yep. amazing. That's, that's, a, it. yep. that, that's a great, that's so inspiring, man, that you, you know, I mean, and, and just, you know, your favorite fight movie. What's your favorite fight movie ever? It's called Fat, Fat City. That's it's from 1972, Fat City. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that movie. It's it's about the local club scene pro boxing in Northern California, where most of the people were like uh, apple pickers and stuff like that. What? You know, and Stacy Keach and Jeff Bridges. Wow. Um, yeah, it has. Yeah, and and there's a and Curtis Cox, who was like welterweight fighter way back in the in the 60s. He's right. in it, uh, and he didn't even play a fighter. Uh, he recently passed away. Um, the guy who was coach in uh, Cheers, yeah. he also was like uh, Tommy in uh, Rachel Bull. Right. He was in it, and it's just so like real. There's wow. just a lot of so much realism to it. The only thing that is different, like for us to them, was where where we come from. We're not apple pickers, you know. Right, we might yeah, be a mechanic in a garage yeah. or you know construction worker or <laughs> right, something. For sure. But like you know, they were up there in the hills, and they were. But yeah. And it was one guy was wanted to start coming up, and the other guy wanted to get his shit back together. Who had been a fighter, and he was like a down and out bum. Right. And he wants to, you know, he wants to get back into it. But you know, his, his girlfriend's real annoying, drunken, pain in the ass. And it's, but it's just so real. And even just certain things that they say, and it, you know, you're like, like there's a scene where 
they're about to go out of town with three fighters, the, the trainer and the manager in the front seat, three fighters in the back seat. They're all singing, having a good time. They're driving away. You don't see the fights. You just see them pulling back up. Right. All three guys are beat up. And the two guys in the front are like, God damn. You know what I mean? Like they're sitting there like shit. And you know how many times I've been down that road? It's like, you know, the worst is when you get to fly with somebody from a long way. You go out and they're talking a big game and this and that. And then they're right home. They're like, oh, what the hell? You know, and <laughs> then, the fight goes on. You know, it's like, oh my God. You know, it's like, I can't believe I got beat. It's like, uh, you know, you got you to try to keep them from jumping out, you know, opening right. up the plane door and jumping yeah, out, jump. you know? <laughs> yeah, but it's right. just so, you know, the highs and the lows of boxing and in that movie there was like I said there's nothing special to it right. you have to have an interest in it it's not an exciting movie it's just organic it's, 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 it's like the an most organic real movie because like yeah. when we were doing Creed I told Stallone I said look you guys get pretty close I'll give you that you've gotten pretty close but nobody has ever hit it on the head because you can't right. you can't make up the stuff no no you can't I know you can't I just, I, I mean, I, I, you know, you go on and on for days. I mean, right. I had a guy, I told a guy who was, who was a play director that I was friends with. He came over to my house one day around Christmas time, like 20 years ago, with a bottle of homemade wine and sat down. He goes, I just, and he, he said he just came over just to bullshit, right? right? So I, whatever, nobody around me and him were just sitting there drinking some wine. And he was like asking me to tell him boxing stories. Uh, and I'm telling them this. This guy went right home. He wrote a whole script that wow. I wound up being the choreographer and played two different parts in the play. Yeah, you got a choreography uh, a credit. Play, yeah, called <laughs> the Knockout. And I'm like, and I'm like, where'd you get? This? And everything was from the stories. Yeah, that I told them. Wow, yep. wow, yeah, no. that's incredible. And and um, I mean, just just those Creed movies, man. They came. Mm-hmm. So yeah. close to really, I mean, especially yeah. the first one was just so groundbreaking. Just yeah, even I the thought way the that, first one was like a lot better yeah, than the second me one. Me too, I agree. Um, and and but they, I got to be honest because I really think Coogler. I mean, I dealt with him the whole movie, and we were like, I mean, he would just call me on the phone and be like, Yo, 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 what do you think about this? Right? How about that? I want to make sure this. And, you know, and he was like, like in that scene where Gabe Rosado fights Creed. Yes. Right, it's supposed to be the Blue Horizon, but it's not. Right, and it was actually at Temple's, the original yeah. Temple School, and we're in there. And while it was now from start to finish, it's one cut. That's yeah. never been done in a fight scene. There is not. So we did a whole scene from start to finish, right. one take. The way you saw it from them start before, you know, before the fight starts to the end of it. That's one, they only did it in one take wow. each time. Now, we did it several times, but he would not be there. Be under the ring watching it on an iPad on his, on his, on his forearm. Wow. So he, it was like he wasn't there, and he wanted to witness it the way you would see it in the movies. Right. Which I thought took a lot of, you know, thought, a lot of insight. to be. To be you had to, like, take yourself out of that typical, well, I'm going to sew it over here and watch how it happens. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. And yeah, it was it was really cool. It was it was um and it's funny, like when we were doing that movie between the local acting people that were like extras and things like right. that and in it and the fighters. Yeah. I knew everybody. Yeah. It was like, you know, it was, it was like, like, a oh, homecoming. Was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> it was the crew. <laughs> it was like Yeah. 
Yeah. It was like, well, how do you know that people sitting in the audience? Because I'm also an actor. Right. You know, I always tell people there's only two of us that really uh, um, were cut men, professional cut men, and actors at the same time. And that's the guy who in Rocky was his cut man. Rocky right. one and two, actually even in the three. Um, Al Silvani. Right. He had been like cut man for Jake LaMotta, Rocky Martian, all these guys. He parlayed that in the while he was a cut, real cut man. He was in a bunch of movies. He's like right. a cool hand Luke. You know what I mean? Like you can find him in all kinds of movies. He's in like uh, any which way but loose. The right. bare knuckle fight. Right. Stuff with Clint Eastwood. He's in like all kinds. It's like he pops up all over the place and it's like, 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 you know, he's not just like really famous guy, but he sure made a net enough of a name for himself that you, you, you know, I can pick him out in movies all the time. Right. Well, that's, and, um, that's what you call that is like when you can recognize someone instantaneously, but you don't know their name, but you know yeah. them instantaneously because you've seen them in like 25 yeah. movies. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's like, you know who that's like? I don't know if you know the name of this guy, but you saw him in everything. Um, William Forsythe. And I've done, I did a movie with him. All right. Um, he's, uh, let's see. Oh, he's been in everything. But, um, oh, did you ever see the movie Gotti? Not the one that Travolta just made, that bad one. Huh. The one with Armand Asante. Uh, um, I can't remember if I, okay. if I've seen, I don't think I've seen it. Arizona? Crazy. I haven't seen that one either. Nicholas Cage? Okay, well, he was in there. Oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think Nicholas I Nicholas Cage and the, the guys break out of jail, and then they and him and his wife, they steal a baby because they uh, want a baby. I've seen that one. And I've Tex seen that Cobb yep. is, is, is the, like, the word hog from hell. Yeah. But there's another story for you. I'll tell you a story about him. But, um, yeah, the guy who broke out of jail with John Candy. Right. I'm not John Candy. John Goodman. John Goodman. That guy that was with him is William Forsythe. That guy's been in everything. Yeah. But, oh, I, I got one for you. How about the Steven Seagal movie, Out, uh, it was Out for Justice. Okay. Where Steven Scott's supposed to be like a Brooklyn cop. Right. He's like a goomba. Yeah. And he's chasing after that junkie, the big fat guy with the, with the mustache the whole time, <laughs> Richie. Right. That, that's William Forsythe. Okay. Really incredible actor. Wow. Yeah, and... um. They made a movie recently, another like Raging Bull movie, like a second to it a few years ago. It went right to DVD or whatever it went to, but he played an older Jake LaMotta in that. Right. You know who else yeah, is like that? Who else is like that? You know, uh, Joseph D'Onofrio? Joseph. Yeah, I, I was just going to mention, that's who I did a stand-up with. Yeah, Joseph? Joe, Joe D'Onofrio. Yeah, yeah, I did, he was, he, he was, we were working together on, in, in, on that comedy show. Wow. And he, he, um, he, that's what he's been doing lately. He's been just doing stand-up. And he was asking me all this shit. Yo. He's like, dude, you're funny as hell. I'm not even funny. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm like, you know. No, I like, went to school like, with him. Joe, Joe D'Onofrio? Yeah, okay, yeah. He, I went you know, to school yeah, with he's him. Slick, you know, he's slick or he's young Tommy and good yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. Absolutely. I, I, I imitate him all the time. And that's when I'm, I'm like, yeah, I want to shoot somebody. And that looks like just the gun to do it. Yo, that's you know, good. That's good. That's how you doing, good. Henry? Yeah, how you doing, Henry? Uh -huh. Henry got pinched <laughs> down by the factory selling cigarettes. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> he's like, that's yeah. That's pretty good. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but, uh, uh, but yeah, Joe, Joe D'Onofrio, yeah, he's, um, 
he's been in a bunch of things, but it's like, oh, you know, who's that guy? You know, right. and then you go, right. oh, if you, could you say his name? And you're like, and you know what people mix him up with? Who? His last name is D'Onofrio. They mix him up with Vincent D'Onofrio. Right, right. Vincent's the you older know, the big guy. guy that, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and it's like, no, 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 not no, him. Joey, yeah, I'm, and I would go, you know, Slick from Bronx Tale, and they're like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's yeah. like that. Bronx yeah. Tale, that's what's up, man. Yep. Now but that's... yeah, he's a good guy. Nice kid, too. Yeah, Great he's really kid. Great kid. Great my kid. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Yeah, and he's doing super yeah, well. Re- Still in the BK, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so um, let me ask you something about your boxing career, right? Like your boxing, mm-hmm. you know, what you do as a cut man. Who, like, if you could think back or even present, who who mm-hmm. was like one of your most memorable fights that you worked the corner as a cut man for? Like, what was one of the most memorable fights you've ever worked the corner for? I'll tell you one that I don't even think that he got a mark on him, maybe, maybe a few marks, or maybe he did get cut. I, I, I usually remember all those things, but one of the most memorable fights was when I went out with Ivan Robinson, who I fought in the amateurs, and he beat me twice. Right. Right. Who I wound up kind of helping out to manage and work as his cut man and all. He got an opportunity, this was back in 2005, it was like both their like pretty much last fights. Ivan Robinson versus Julio Cesar Chavez. Right. Right. And, um, you know, I got him all ready, helped to get him all ready for the fight. He used my gym. We worked together, everything. And and he he always had a lot of respect for me. You know, we we would go back a long, long ways. He he wouldn't even spar with me at all. And he still tells people that, um, you know, as good as he was, he claims, and even after Chavez, like, that I hit harder than anybody that, that he was ever hit by. Said, okay, I'll take that. All right, right. I went out had a lot of skills, but all right, I could crack. All right, good, you know. So, but we got him all ready. Everything took him out there. And it was, it was like right when the Staples Center just opened. So it was like right. a brand new place, everything. There was 22,000 screaming Mexicans in that place. I swear oh. to God, there was nobody but. They came out for Chavez like crazy. We're walking yeah. out, some old lady threw a sandwich at us. We were like, got in the ring. I mean, they're singing the national anthem. They're booing. They're uh, like, I'm like, oh my God. And I'm going, and everybody's going, yeah, Chavez's going to knock him out in like two rounds, four rounds at best. And went out there and they both were, you know, because they're both pretty much done. But it was made made for a good fight, you know, the banger versus the boxer. Right. And they're going back and forth, you know, for, for 10 rounds. And fourth round, Ivan went down right on his back. And everybody's like, oh, that's it. And I was like, uh-oh. Popped right back up, no problem. And, um, you know, he didn't win the decision, but he could, there's no way he would have. I don't care if he knocked them out. They probably right. would have, no, 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 you know, no, made no. everybody close their eyes for a minute and, you know, and, and, and wake Chavez up. But yeah. um, that was one of those, that was like an incredible, incredible fight. And, um, you know, and I remember Bob Arum walking over to me and one of the matchmakers who walked right over to me like, who else could, could they get us? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> we need a guy with a good record. But I go, I thought this is his last fight. Right. And they go, look around. We're going to take him to every town that has Mexicans. They're like, wow. we're going to, you know. Uh, and I think they tried it one more time. He hurt his hand and it was over or whatever. Was that, but, was, um, was that but, like his 112th fight at the time? Chavez yeah, probably it was, it was like 112 fights he had at yeah, that point. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably his 111th. Oh, yeah, because he yeah. fought, he fought mm-hmm. that fight with Ivan Rob, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez. For yep. Ivan Robinson, 2005, yep. May 28th, yes. 2005, right? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we were out there. That was one of, I, I love that. Um, 
I like, you know what's funny? Wow. Things that are memorable, but they're not big. It, was, it doesn't have to be a big fight. It doesn't have to be somebody who was half falling in or I falling out. I've got a, plenty of those stories. But um, I was one of the first people to ever work with Kovalov. Really? When he came to this country. They, yeah, because he, he used to be trained by John David Jackson. Right. And I, do, I know yep. John good because John used to train in Philly and everything when he was a fighter. Right. He wasn't from Philly, but, and John would always be like, yo, we, we, want, we need you with us, you know. Right. So, you know, he, he started out on main, with main events, and they would be up in Bethlehem at the fights, at the right. Sands. Right, yeah, at the Sands. And, what's now, what's you know, it called and a few now? other places like that, yeah, and they would always get me, and I'm like, oh, my God, this freaking guy is a machine. Yeah. He would come back in the corner. He wouldn't want water. He wouldn't say anything. He was just like, he was like Drago. Right. He would just get up and go out. For and, real. And guys, and, and, when I, and then there was times I had to work against him. Yeah, and that, yeah, every time I fun. worked against him, every guy would come back after the first round and say the same thing. They'd be like, they'd be like, oh, my God, something's wrong with my legs. And it was like, yeah, you got hit. Right. So he only hit me with a jab. It's like his jab was like Ernie Shaver's right hand. Right. I can't I mean, feel my toes. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. And then they would last like two rounds and it'd be like, holy. But working with the hand, I mean, just was like, it was really, you know, really cool experience and really, you know, memorable. Yeah. You know what I mean? For and, sure. I mean, for I got sure. I got plenty of them. Um, Chad like, Dawson, uh, you work with Chad Dawson, right? Yes, yeah, I got to work with Chad Dawson before. Yeah, yep, nice guy, cool guy. Yeah, um, for he, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I worked with. The funny thing is, I worked with three. It's it's funny when I when you when you when you've been around so long, you wind up working with with you know the son of the father you used to work with. You know, like, <laughs> like, like used to work with, like like Tim Witherspoon. Right. I wanted to work in his, his corner. Then years later, I worked his son's corner and I worked his nephew's corner too. That's incredible. You work with and the whole the family. With, with, yeah, the bad part though with Chaz, he doesn't sit down in the corners so people get a good laugh. <laughs> I stand on the stool just to reach his face. Right. Oh, what's that guy? What's the I trainer? I have a picture of that of me standing on a stool. A photographer gave me a picture and went, I, oh, I wanted that. And he's like, oh, this is a great picture. goes, yeah, the whole arena's laughing. Joey. You see me standing on the stool, you know? Yeah. And, um, what's the, what's but, the, um, what? yeah, I, I worked with, with Bruce Selden, and I wound up working with his son, Isaiah. You know, like, a lot of, it's, 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 it's funny. You know, it's like, um, I had a guy from, uh, up near Boston, his last name was Whitley, and he fought for so long, and then I thought, come to, come to Atlantic City, I was working with his son. Wow. I said, oh my God, you know, it's just, you know, I guess, you know, like I start to become the old timer, yeah. you know, and, um, you've been but, doing this hey, a long I, time, bro. You've yeah. been, you've been boxing, and you've I, been in boxing a long time. So yeah, I, I start had to one see good, that. I had, um, I had a, it involves pelts. Um, God love him. Yes. He, um, he had a fighter named big John poor. He was a squid fisherman. He was just this big white guy, you know, eat a lot of punches and he could punch like it's like a like a truck top. right but he was, didn't have a huge amount of skills but he was he was he was tough and he brought a crowd you know and one night fighting uh a guy in the other corner called himself the mean machine remember from longest yard right called himself the mean machine right yeah well he had the same colors and the black and red you know whatever but he his trainer was bronco mccart's father and i knew them because I worked with Bronco McCart before, when the father, right. and um, he cut John really bad, right. real bad. I mean, his eye was practically hanging out. It's, it's all you know. And I'm working on him between rounds, whatever. And 
you know, Russell's kept running up to the corner. He's yelling up, Joey, you save him. I'm like, shut the fuck up, <laughs> You know, and I'm screaming at him. You're like, I'm sorry, I'm cursing, but I'm screaming at him. You know, and he's screaming. I'm like, shut the freak up, right? right? You know, and, and, um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm bringing him out and the, and the other corners going, kept, kept, they told me after, they kept saying, oh, this is over. There's no way he can stop that. There's no way he's stopping that fight. And they'll get up and he'd be fresh as a daisy. And they go, that little son of a bitch. Oh, he stopped and it this. came out and John wound up winning the fight. And there was a big joke in the paper. John said, hey, Edge. And they're like, Joe did a good job for him. He goes, yeah, I think I'll give him an extra $5. Right. And I'm still waiting for that $5. You know? Right. <laughs> you keep <laughs> but, waiting. But the you other know guy said, get whenever we come to town, we got to have you. And I said, no problem. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah, no, I enjoy working with you too. I mean, you you already know that. Yeah. I know you know that. Oh, yeah. And yeah, um, what what about what about Christian Cardo, man? That that's my boy, Christian Cardo. I know. Right? You know what? It's a shame he um it, all this stuff that he's he's had about God five or six opportunities that he should have fought since you know yeah. since when he you know yep. got got knocked out and and. Something happened every time. A show got the first show he was supposed to do got canceled. Yeah. Then uh, you know, then something else happened. Uh, I think he had a, a, a sick or had an injury, something. Right. And then this COVID crap. I know, off. I know. He was yeah. off, he was scheduled to fight. Um, yeah. what the hell was it? April. Yep, he was March, ready to go. He was, like, he was ready yeah, to fight. That was it. Yeah, all mm-hmm. ready to go. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. I worked. Then, you know, I I know him since he was a little little kid, wow. and, um, and I always could see my son actually who's twenty one years old now who's like about six foot tall and 170 pounds. So they wouldn't be able to do it now, but he, they used to spar together a few right. times when, when my son, my son used to fight. And, um, yeah, I mean, I could see, you know, the, the, um, the intensity he had oh, and, great fighter. and the focus yep. and the skills. Smart yeah, kid, just he, a he, smart kid, man. Really, really oh, smart. Yeah, and, talented. and that's the thing. See that, that's the thing too. You know, he's smart. Yeah. So, he don't need this if he doesn't want to do it. Yep. It, it's not like I have to. You no, know what I mean? he's so that, got that plenty of cool options. Because he just wants to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, he's yeah. a fighter, man. He's a fighter. That can yeah. fight. Oh, Listen. yeah. Well, it comes, it's in his blood. Yeah, he, he can he, fight. He had, he had three uncles who were freaking, yeah. So what do you think about So what do you think about that? Because now you, you kind of brought something up, man. Because this kid... Christian Cardo can go, bro. He can fight at mm-hmm. 118 pounds. He's like, you know, he's on his way right there, right up to yeah. the top 10. He's going to break that top 10 pretty quickly. And yeah. it'll happen relatively quickly for him. And the thing is, is like, you know, he had that one little roadblock, you know, something happened. Right. You know, it was, an, it was like really kind of like a free, I was there. We were fighting that night. I had a fighter right. on that card. And it was mm-hmm. a total freak, you know, freak incident. Incident, uh, yeah. It really was like an incident, man. It was like a lucky, lucky shot, man. Yeah, it wasn't it supposed it to land, and it happened. And it happens all the time. Yeah, yeah but you know then, I mean? so this is what I'm going to ask you. So, what is your what? Where do you stand on records, man? Because I just had I just had a guy on. Um, I just had um, Jeremy Lance Lance was on about. We talked about. Uh, sanctioning belts, and then I had a conversation, right. really great conversation yeah. with Russell Peltz about, you know, the state of boxing and and, and the fact that, uh, you know, there's too many belts, man, and people too, well, put too much credit in the, in the win-loss column. Mm-hmm. Like, if you lose, that's it, right? That's yeah, it. Yeah, throw you on the bone pile. Yeah, right, so what do you think opponent. about that? Now, that that's, what I, I'll give you a prime example is the way I look at it is 
everybody wants to be 20 and 5 and 0, and they don't give a flying shit how they got there. They want to fight my grandmother, your sister, your dad, <laughs> uncle, twice. Right. And they don't care. And then right. they don't realize when they got to that point, thinking, oh, how come I got beat up so easy by this guy? Well, right. because, oh. you know, maybe that guy fought the real guy. You know, right. I don't believe records. Look, look, go back and look. Guys from, say, the 50s and 60s, like, like somebody like Joey Giardella. Right. Right. Middleweight champion of the world. He'd win one, lose two, come back, win three, four, five. Three. Guy wound up being champion of the world. It took him a while, you yeah. know, which for a lot of other reasons, too, where he didn't want to, you know, agree to do this or that, whatever. But, uh, you know, it, I, don't, I don't like it at all because, I mean, I was in a car years ago with somebody who had a bunch of, um, a bunch of like, first-round knockouts, right? It was like a cruiserweight. And I'm in a car with uh, two promoters, a manager and a matchmaker were driving along night before a fight, big fight. And we're, we're out of town somewhere, wherever we were. And they're asking about this fighter because he, he got knocked out in the first round. Now, he had been knocking everybody out in the first round. Right. Right. So everybody thought he was, but he got knocked out in the first round because he didn't take it serious for that fight, whatever. But he got, got hit lucky. Boom. And they went like a throw him, throw him on a pile, make him an opponent. Wow. Yeah, fuck him. Just like that. Just like that. Ugh. You know what I mean? And that's the way people look at things. And it's like, you know, that, that, that there shouldn't be, you know, that's why I give some respect to these guys in the MMA. Yeah. I mean, you, you got guys fighting for titles that are 15 and 6. Right, right, exactly. You know, and, you know, no problem. And they fight their hearts out. Well, take you know, it. like when I was promoting shows, right. I wouldn't put down the guys' records right. on the bout sheets. And I'd have people betting against, I'll pick the blue corner, you pick the white <laughs> corner. Because... I would match them up as evenly as I possibly could. Sure. And if that meant a five and five guy versus a six and four guy, right. no problem. Bring it. And they'd make some of the best fights of the night. Right. You know, and, 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 but it gives guys opportunities to get a win. Right. You know, to, to get, you know, you know, to, to, instead of the 10 and 0 guy always has to fight the 0 and 5 guy. You know, right. it's just, you know, it meaning you're not allowed to fight, fix fights, but a lot of them is, I mean, how much more is it close to being fixed sometimes? Yeah. You know, no, it, I mean, it, you, if you're a scientist. Like that girl fight, that girl fight last week. Yeah, no, that no, That no, went no, seven no. seconds. Oh, my Come God. on. Travis. Come on. It's like a... That broad, and that girl, anybody she had fought, were all strippers. Yeah. Black, like, they weren't even mark. real pro fighters that, that, that the girl that got knocked out ever fought. So she gets in with a ring with somebody who's real, and that's what happens. You know, people can die. You're yeah. in a life and death business. No. You don't get a license to fight. You get a license to kill. I tell people all the time, you could kill a guy, step over him, walk out. Not only will they shake your hand, but they'll put money in it, and you can leave. Right. And it's... nobody should want that to happen. I mean, like, like no, I've had long conversations not. with, like, Boom Boom Mancini, and, you know, he had to live with that because the doctor told him that last punch he hit the guy with. Killed them. Yeah, it was the very kid, last you know one. I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you got to listen. Nobody should want to. You know what I mean? And, and he was never right after that. And, uh, you know, even say like Sugar Ray Robinson, it happened to him. You know, um, uh, Emil Griffith, you know, it, 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 it affects guys differently, but it's not what you want to do. But you, it can happen and it does happen. I've been there when, yeah. two different times when people have died and it, it ain't funny. No. And it ain't, it ain't, it ain't nice. And, but no. it, 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 it's, you know, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll all be burning in hell for this. I don't know. I don't know that God wants us to be uh, punching each other for money. Right. But, right. but uh, who knows? You know what I mean? Right. But, um, 
but uh, but we also do bring a lot of uh, entertainment to the world. So you know, yeah. maybe maybe that gets us a pass. I don't know. I don't but, know. Yeah, man. I don't. I don't believe in records so much because I see so many. You know, you know, like like I see it so much where they just build the guy up. And, you know, and, and your average person who's like not like a casual boxing fan, they don't know any of that. They no. have no clue. They, they no. think fighters are just these guys who are like, put somebody in front of me. Right. Who, who you got? It's like, that ain't, no, 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 no. You're watching too many movies. Right. Oh, my. You know, the worst thing you ever do is let a fighter pick his own opponent. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> then the, and even when they do, they wind up saying they don't want the guy at the last minute. Right. It, it, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brutal. It's 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 very tough. That was one of my hardest jobs, I think. In it was I always made my own matches for my shows. Right. When I was doing shows in like Harris Casino and stuff, and wherever yeah. I was doing them. But you know, and I I because I I if it's my show's got my name on it, I gotta make sure everything's going to come up. And the matches are the most important part. That's what people are there to see. Yeah. And you know. And when you, you got know, a good, it, fair, it, even match. Exactly. You're, you know, you're gonna yeah. create some some explosive energy yeah. there, and, and, and actually, and it's tough too because you know I understand you know you got the local kid that you want to see him win because he's got a fan base and this and that and that kind of stuff. But yeah. you know, putting him in with a guy that you could tell may not even know where he is at the moment—that's right. not a good idea. That's no, not, but you know, but you know, if you got like like what 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 we both know is that if you got a fighter who's who's actually an earner and he's the real right. deal. Right, yep. he's the real deal. Then you go, you take him, right, and you, and you, you put him in with fights that are going to really challenge him and bring him to the next challenge level. Because right. you, you, you have to at least you got to at least be in like a, you know a sixty forty fight. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, for sure. Like at least a sixty forty. You know what I mean? Right. You know, fifty fifty is when you're fighting for a title. Right. You know what I mean? I'll give it that. You know what I mean? Right. You know, but you know when you got these guys and like okay, first five fights. Okay, yeah, you, I, I get it. You're going to get these guys that are, you know, one one fight away from not being allowed to fight anymore right. or something like that. But after that first fight, you got to step it up to, to a halfway right. decent journeyman. Right. Then, then, then the next five fights, you got to step it up even again. You yeah, know what I mean? For you sure. know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, and I, you got to get some rounds in too. You, you really got to, you know, get, you know. I, I like, like, say with Christian Cardo, I like seeing that as as he was evolving, that he was starting to go rounds. Yeah, instead of just about two, three in, boom, boom, and guy goes out. You know right, what I mean? Right. He was putting in the rounds, getting the experience. That was like um the heavyweight Sonny Kanto, who right. I work with. Yeah. Now he is a thoroughbred. This right. kid is is the real deal. Yeah. He was signed by Top Rank before he even turned pro. I know. And I remember. And his mother made me a promise when they used to come to my shows and they'd see me work in the place. They always and he when he was littler than me, which is crazy. Now he's six foot five. Right. But always said you're going to be his cut man and when it was ready his mother came to me and said i'm holding my promise i said oh great and he was you know knocking about four or five guys out and then i liked it. he went he went the distance with a rugged tough mexican southpaw right and got the rounds in you know he did he did the full you know and i was like that's good now because you know what you got off of your your shoulders now yeah, that you can go the distance that knockout thing gotta knock everybody out you know what i mean gotta uh, stay on the feet with knockout no now you just, you know, you get, get those rounds. And he's, he's for that. Like right. some of these guys that we was in in the beginning, he was mad. You know what I mean? He cracked a guy and he'd fall down and he goes, oh, my knee hurts. They're like, what? And he was like, what the, f-? you know, he was like, I wanted to fight. 
Right. Like he's really, <laughs> you know, you don't have to worry with him. No, you no, know, no. He's, he's, a, he's a bomber, man. He can fight, bro. Yeah. He can fight. And he's actually, got boxing skills. Yeah. And he's, he's like, he's like, he's put like almost like a basketball player. I mean, he's got muscle in his feet. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like no, he's no. ripped up all the way up. Very you know? athletic. Yeah. For, for his size, what yeah. is he, like 6'3"? Six, 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 no, he's almost 6'5". Yeah, so he's 6'5", and he yeah. moves like he's like a 190-pounder. Yep, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he moves like a cruiserweight. He moves like yeah, a cruiserweight, definitely. for sure. And, um, and he, was a, he, was a ba- he was a college baseball player. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Well, well, he probably yeah. paid like second. Well, he was no, a pitcher. No, he's, he's a, a pitcher. pitcher. Wow. He's a pitcher, yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. He went to the uh, to his co- his team in college. They went to the um the the you know the World Series of uh, college uh, wow. baseball. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he's yep. definitely an athlete. He trains like an athlete. He behaves like mm-hmm. an athlete. He conducts himself like a you know like yep. an outstanding citizen. And he's just a really and he, has, really... he has a good personality. Yeah, right? For sure. He's a stand up regular yep. guy. Yep. And, you know, he's not like some meathead that, you know what I mean? Like, because you know how this business is. It, oh, it's, yeah. it's show business. Yeah. You know, that yep. ring is our stage. You know, my, like my <laughs> son who acts, he does a lot of stage acting and, and he's right. a singer and everything. He sings the anthem sometimes in the fights, you know. I had to point it out. I said, see, that's my stage right. right there. That's my. He's like, no, it ain't. I go, this is no different <laughs> than being right. in the theater. The only difference is you're getting, you're getting, you're getting punched. Right. You got to dodge right. punches. Right. That's it. It's harder. No, it's harder because you got to you got yes. to have the theater of boxing, and yes. you got to have the skills. <laughs> yep, you got to have both. Yeah. Well, as I used to have a sign above in my gym, and it said "Tough ain't enough." Right. That's what it said in my gym. I used to tell guys, if you're just tough, go play football. Yeah, no, for sure. You know what I mean? Because you, you, you can't just be tough in this. You can, but you're not going to get too far. Ah, uh, that doesn't you know, go like, very far. you got to have yeah, skills. It's, it's, people, people think fighters are stupid. You might get stupid over the no. year, but Reagan, you got to be a good fighter. you got to be very smart. Because Intelligent, you have to anticipate sure. everything yeah. on a split second coming at you. Yeah. And then to react. It, it's <laughs> like they say. George Foreman said this, boxing is the sport that all other sports aspire to be. Yeah. There is no yeah. other sport on the earth. Yeah. And, and no offense to MMA or anything like that, but it's a, it's a, it's a whole different animal. Yeah. whole different animal. I like to in, say. In that, in that, there's almost no, no, there's practically no rules. You know what I mean? You can't gouge <laughs> a guy and right. hit him in the nuts. Okay, whatever. But, you know, when you're kneeing him in the back and you're elbowing the side of his head, like, you know, it, it's a legalized street fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, I mean, those guys, they get in there. I give him all the respect in the world, but your average 185 pound MMA fighter, if he was a pro boxer, he'd be about 155 pounds. Right, right. There's a whole difference in shape. There's a mind, different mindset. There's it. It's like I've met MMA fighters. I'll be like wrapping their hands, and they really don't know who I am or right. something. You know, or, or or they know me, but they'll just know me as the cut man. And they go, "Wait, you used to box?" I go, "Yeah, I wasn't born this ugly." You know, I was a boy. Like you know what I mean? I didn't get to say eating Cheerios. Right. You know, and they go, well, and what you would you do? I go, I was a boxer. Like, oh my god, products like they're like, holy shit! Well, now that's a science. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. Uh, uh, like, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so I, but what? What? Um. What do you? Um. What do you think about this news of um the Errol Spence and uh, Garcia fight? I I was just about to bring that up. Yeah. Um. I, I uh, now going back. I've known Danny since he was got eight years old, I guess. Um, but I mean, I, I saw that kid. His father brought him in the gym. 
right. and said, you know, my kid wants to box. He's always watching it on TV and he's shadow boxing this and that, da, 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 da. He was like, can you see if he has anything? And, you know, and I was, it was at the Harrogate gym in Philly and I was, I was training some guys there at the time. Right. And I mean, you know, we're going back 20 some years ago. Yeah. And he said, if he doesn't, if you don't think he has anything, I'll take him home. But if you do, I'd like you guys to work with him. Right. So I'm there. That was like a Tuesday. By Saturday, he was fighting wow. in an amateur fight. That's what? how natural he was. Wow. He, you know, and he, um, and over the years, I mean, obviously, you know, and, and he's a good, nice guy, you know, stand-up guy, um, very respectful guy, and he's, he's put his dues in. He's done really well. I just don't know at this point. If he, if how it would come out with Spence, I, I might have to give. I think I got to give it to Spence to be honest with you. Right. And if, why? If Errol Spence is 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 the Errol Spence before he got a car accident. Wow. Know, I don't know what the hell. Wow. I don't. I don't know. I don't even know. You know, I hear conflicting stories. I hear that that you know he can barely stand up, or I yeah. hear that he's training. I hear he's not. I, I don't know. But a car accident like that, I mean, you know, yeah. what did it take out of him? What did it take out of him? Yeah, and, you don't know. But look know. at Vinny Pazienza broke mm-hmm. his freaking neck in a car accident. Came yep. back, won five titles. Right. You know, I mean, look at look at uh, Willie Pep. Willie Pep was in a freaking plane crash. Right. Broke his back. Six right. months later, he was back fighting. Wow. You know, and fought, and fought Pep, another uh, 15 years after that. Yeah, Willie Pep, to me, that's the best boxer ever. Right. That's a real fighter, man. The will of the wisp. Yeah, he's number <laughs> as a boxer. You yeah. know, he was he, he was number one. And then to me, obviously, Sugar Ray Robinson, number two. Yeah. But everybody's always like, oh, and I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm the guy had over 220 some fights. I'm like, right. he just, he fought everybody and uh, and he's the only guy to ever went around without throwing a punch wow. i mean I, you know i mean he and, and this is a time when guys just used to slug it out right. in the 40s and 50s and 60s i mean and he fought for for like 25 years and and i met guys i have friends I've, i know a guy an older guy from philly that um belonged to the same club i did and he told me he fought Willie twice wow at the end of willie's career and he was like i was so scared of him he said he he beat the crap out of me. And that was at the end of his career. If it had been in, during when he was in his prime, he, I would have died, he said. Right. He was like, Willie well, would have killed me. <laughs> and I'm like, really? And he said, yep. Yeah, yeah. so he I... Used to, he used to fly around the places from town to town fighting the local heroes. Right. Fighting anybody yeah. he could get his hands on. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, I just, uh, you know, I obviously... I wanted to get Danny on on the program, Danny Garcia on the program to yeah. to kind of chop up this up up and coming fight with Errol Spence because I, I would I would love to see him to, to see him win. I really oh, would. Oh man, I, me I too. Don't know, me too. Well, yeah. listen, I think if there's ever a chance for him to to uh, capture, um, you know, to really dominate this fight, it's now. I mean, Errol, it's now. Yeah, Errol, this because is you the got time. a guy coming. Yep. It's his first guy's first fight back, and it's not not because of COVID. Yep. It's freaking because yep. he was in a, in a horrendous car accident. Yeah, and Danny's got skills, man. I mean, Danny's left hook, bro. I mean, yeah. he's got more than oh, just yeah. a left hook. If he, people always go, well, yeah, he's only got the left hook. His left hook is like getting hit with a cinder block. Yep. But but he's got yeah. he's got a, he's got a, a beautiful right, right hand, hand beautiful yeah. right hand yeah yeah yep. and so he so, always has I know so so I really love to see Danny man what that would be great for Philly it'd be great for Danny yeah it'd be really great would. for his pops it'd be great for all you know for the whole everybody boxing yeah. community bro that would be amazing yep. and and I'm really you know no 
I love Errol Spence too. Skills, pay bills. He's yeah. an amazing uh, pugilist. But I got to go with Danny, man. I'm just going with Danny because, you know, I, I think that if they put together the right game plan, if, they put if, together the yeah, right if team. Danny's focused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Totally focused on everything. He could dominate this fight. Yeah. This you is I mean? his time. This is this is his time. This is Danny yeah. Garcia's time right now. This is his time. Like, this is it. Yeah. You know? He's got to get it now. I remember I remember I was there in um, the, uh, the oh, what the hell's the name of the place? Um, in Brooklyn, the... Um, Barclay. Oh, Bar- Bar- yeah, Barclay, Barclay Center. The yeah. first fight they had there, um, he fought uh, Morales. Right. And... And he annihilated him. Oh, I was that like, was sad. I, said, I knew. I was like, "Hey, he's 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 on his way." Yeah, that said, was a sad know. day for me, man. I was it was sad to watch Morales go out like that, bro. Yeah, I know. Right? I that know. wasn't that hard. I mean, that yeah. was like Eric Morales, man. He was a yeah. warrior, bro. And the way yep. that he sat down, you know, you know, um, I was at I was talking about this on the last boxing breakdown. I was on, I was I was actually at Boardwalk Hall. When mm-hmm. um, Arturo Gotti had his last fight, um, yeah, Joey. I was there too. Yeah, when he yeah. fought Alfonso Gomez. And, yeah. And he did the same thing that Eric Morales did. It was the same geography mm-hmm. in the ring. And it was the same sit down. And when I saw Morales do that, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, yo, that was yeah. Arturo Gotti, bro. It was the same yeah. exact thing. Uh, he was... He was- Electrifying, I, and he was a really crazy too. But he was a great guy, and I knew him, um, and um, cool to talk to and everything, and have a drink with, you know. Oh, man. Uh, but when he used to come out, they start playing that thunderstruck. I always said nobody <laughs> should ever be allowed to be able to come out the thunderstruck ever again. They should have retired that, right? That's you know? his song, and right because yeah. when they start playing that, and Chuck Zito's leading them out to the ring, oh, and it's like man. just you got chills, and it was like holy yeah, you know, at, you know. I remember I was there um, at, at the boardwalk hall when it was at him and uh, Gaddy Ward two. Wow, and that I thought was the best one of the three. Right, and um, that was oh my god, that was like electrifying. That you was were in, you were in the arena for that fight. Oh yeah, dang, yep. dang. Now I would have man. I wish I was there. I wasn't there. Damn. I still have a t shirt that I never wore from it. Ah. Oh. You gotta wear that T-shirt, yeah. bro. Are you probably you probably saving that? That's like a collector's yeah. item. I don't even know yeah, if I just, wear yeah. it, bro. Yeah. I got a. I know. I, I got a. Uh, a friend of mine brought me a T-shirt back from uh, from Wildcard, and um, mm-hmm. uh, what's oh, what's his name? Uh, the trainer out there, from Wildcard. Who's in Wildcard? Uh, Freddie Roach. Darn, why couldn't I just remember Freddie Roach's? That's too many <laughs> shots, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Freddie. Sorry. Yo, Freddie signed, uh, he signed a shirt for me, right? He gives me, and, mm-hmm. and so I get this shirt, right? And it's sitting yeah. in my in my closet. I'm like, yo, this is a wild card shirt. I really like this shirt. Uh, his autograph is on it. Should I just wear it? Right. And I just started wearing it, and the autograph went away. But thanks for the shirt. <laughs> oh, Yo, yeah. Thank you so much for the shirt, Freddie Roach, man. Right. That was an awesome shirt. Um, and you signed it for me, bro, even even better. So shout out, uh, Freddie Roach, Wildcard Jim. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Good guy. Yes. Yeah. For Knows real. Knows shit. Yeah, yeah, really, really. And um, so- you know, you know who the first fighter that Freddie Roach ever trained? Uh, it Wasn't he an actor? It was Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke, yes. <laughs> and I actually, 
I, I had the contract somewhere. He was supposed to fight somebody else who was like a doctor. Right. Right. And the guy at the last minute's like, what the hell am I doing? I know I shouldn't be doing this, you know? So I said, I would do it. Right. So I was giving up like 10 pounds or whatever, and I was like all ready to do it. And then he backed out because, no. you know, he was looking for somebody with one arm and one leg. Right. And I was like, oh, I'll kick his ass. I love him in Popa Greenwich Village. Right. I was like, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Let me get that. And, um, but yeah, but, but Freddie was tra- trained him, and, but he was like, he, he, he said he spent four or five hours in the gym, but half the time he's either on the phone, smoking a cigarette, bullshitting, doing right. nothing. He was like, yeah. you know, he's like, come on, man, if you're going to do this, you know, you, we got to really do it. Right. Yeah, because he, he was in a movie called Homeboy, right. um, Mickey Rourke, and it was about a down and out boxer. Right. And, you know, it was like that one more punch and he could be dead. And yeah. in the end, one more punch, he winds up dying, whatever. But I guess he thought, you know, oh, this is easy enough because I did it in a movie. Right. And, yeah, well, crazy. Yeah, it ain't man. that easy, is it? No, <laughs> no. And speaking of Freddie mm-hmm. Roach, speaking of Freddie Roach, right? So, supposedly, there's a couple of things that are happening in the boxing world right now, right? One of which is mm-hmm. I heard that Manny Pacquiao... Maybe fighting Mikey Garcia. Everybody's wanted Manny Pacquiao, bro. Everybody wants right, that. I know. Everybody's been like, you know, talking it up and trying to, you know, light light a fire under Manny Pacquiao. And it looks like it's Mikey Garcia. Is that true? Do you know about that? I have heard about that. I just don't know. I don't know that they're going to light a fire enough under Pacquiao to do anything. Right, right. And it's hard to be a boxer, I mean, right? It's hard to be yeah, a boxer. And he's like, like a that. freaking governor or yeah. whatever the hell he is, like <laughs> congressman. Yeah. yeah, he's building houses for poor people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where he's at, he's like a king there. You know what I mean? And that, you know, but I mean, yeah. He's, so, he's so an incredible fighter. So, um, basically, Manny Pacquiao's advisor came out and said that. So that came right. from one of his advisor advisors, right? I guess his name is Sean. Sean. Um, yeah. Sean Gib- Gibson, right? He yeah, came Sean out. Gibbons. Yeah, yeah, Gibbons. yeah, yeah. That guy. That guy came out and said that uh, they were looking at Mikey Garcia for his next fight. So, you know, that... Well, I, I like that. I like I that, like too. I yeah. like that fight. Yeah. At 147, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would like to see that fight. I mean, I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's like, you know, a really good tactician against a really wily yep. Filipino master. <laughs> yeah. I want to see that me. one. Yeah. You know? And he's still got... Yeah, I, I still believe he has it. I just don't know... I would hope that his interest is... Yeah. He is there, you know. Well, that's did, always. I think he lost a lot of, a lot out of him when with the Mayweather fight. Yeah, which I was at. Well, and also there. the Broner fight too. I mean, believe it or not, yeah. that Broner fight, um, that Broner fight. You know, he got a detached retina in that fight, and yeah. I, yeah. that's that's not you know that's not a good injury to have, and it's certainly one to question your eyesight. Yeah. And years ago, years ago, that would have ended your boxing career for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There was plenty of guys that that happened to. Yeah, I had, detached I, retina. Yeah, you can't fight no more. Yeah, I had a yeah. detached retina, and then I had three surgeries to it. Yeah, yeah, it's no joke. Yeah. Detached retina is yeah, a very, very a serious no. thing, man. It's no. a, it's not a yeah. game, and and when you get one, you better you better like uh, you know Ray Leonard had one. You know, yeah, you get you get that. Mm-hmm. You kind of you know you bow out. You say, hey, that's it. <laughs> if you want to keep your eyesight, because it exactly. gets real sketchy. Yeah. Uh, if you start playing around with that, you know, mm-hmm. and then yeah. but, but and yep. then Adrian Broner, Adrian Broner supposedly is looking to to well, 
I mean, I don't know if he's really going to do it, but he's talking about going down to 135. Um, yeah, I know. Like, he, he, he's going to, I guess his next fight is going to be at 140 if he can get one for the 10 mil, because he's asking for 10 mil for yeah, that yeah, fight, right. right? But if he gets mm-hmm. if, if he gets his next fight at 140, he will be in striking distance to 135 pounds. 35, and right, yeah. And I just don't, I just don't know, how do you think he would, he would hold up in the Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia, Luke Campbell, Loma, you know, and Lopez. Like, how's he going to... Yeah, not at that weight, no. You don't think... Because, I mean, his best fight weight, like, his best work was done when he was at 135, right? Yeah. Adrian yeah, Broner did his best work at 135, so... Yeah, there was also, you know, not last year. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Point well taken. The older you get, point. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. So, yeah, so. It, the older you get, the harder it is to get down to that weight. You know, like they say, when you, if you want to look like you did when you were 20, you got to work twice as hard as you did when you were 20 to look like that when you're 40, and it's not physically possible. Yep. It's, I, yeah. that's a fact. Facts. You speak mm-hmm. facts, oh, yeah. Joey. I. And, and, yeah. um, and then lastly, before we end the program, what about Mike Tyson? Tyson, oh, I know. Mike, now, obviously, he's looking good on the pads, the whole thing. He is 54, but he does have the, I think, I think it's the perfect opponent that, that he has with him. Yeah, um, they're going to work with I think Because I think Roy's going to go out in two rounds. And I like Roy. I've worked with Roy. Yeah. I, I worked corners with Roy a few I know, times. I, I know. Very nice guy. Yeah. I worked against Roy. Nice guy. Um, but, you know, put it this way, whether it was when Tyson was at his prime and, and Roy was at his prime or now, the same outcome, right. I believe. The only thing when he, it would have took a few more rounds was when, when they were in their primes and Roy had some good legs. Right. Yeah, but his legs carried him like over. A, yeah, and Roy, yeah, yeah. Roy's been knocked out by way lesser punchers oh, yeah. than bringing oh, yeah. Mike Tyson. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Mike Tyson. That's yeah. my boy, and, Mike Tyson. And, Shout out, Mike Tyson. Brooklyn, BK in the house. Love yeah, you, Mike. Right. Yep. He's, and Mike is a one-way fighter. You know, he's coming right out. And, I, you know, now, does he have, can, can he go like, a, like an animal for eight rounds? I don't, I don't know. I, I kind of really doubt it. But he's going to come out the same way he is because he's, this exhibition crap, that's bullshit. Because even when, and I've been involved in exhibitions. I've right. done them. Right, me too. And uh-uh. <laughs> you wind up in a war. Yeah. You wind up, this is, you know, and guess what? They already, there, there are no headgears in this. Yeah. I don't think it matters if there was or wasn't. Well, but there's no headgears. The only thing different they're going to do, they're wearing 12-ounce gloves. So whoop-de-doo, they're wearing two-ounce bigger gloves than they, they would if it was a normal fight. Right, and you know what? But, you know what? You can't knock somebody out more. No. <laughs> you can't no, knock somebody no, no, out no, more. No, no, if you knock no, them out, they're knocked out. You can knock them through the, flo- through the ring floor. Right. You know, there's, there's nothing more you can do than get knocked out. And right. it really doesn't right. take much. It doesn't take much. Now, and if these guys, they both know how to place their punches. You know, things get, right. you know, when, when you're having The fun, only reason I said two rounds is because I see Roy running around the ring, right. backpedaling around him, trying. And for a round or so, yeah. Yeah, I could see him, you know, the old Roy for a round or so. But after right. that, I mean, come well, on, if you, forget it. If you look at, if you look at this, um, the uh, work, like there's some footage online that you can see of him doing pads in the gym. Yeah. He does look super sharp, Roy, that is. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, but, but definitely you can see he's, you know, for the most part, he's just flat footed. He's just right there in the pocket. 
and that's not really going to work. That's not yeah. going to work. That's not, you, 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 you know, I would just advise them to really get up on their toes and make sure he's got the, the uh, stamina to get through those rounds yeah. because he's going to need mm-hmm. it if he's fighting a Mike Tyson. Even an old Mike, listen, you can, the last thing to go is your power, as you know. Is your punch, yeah. Yo. Yep. And, a lot, and a lot of people even say the older you get, the stronger your punch gets. Yeah, no, uh-huh. for sure. That's absolutely true. And, yeah. Yep. Well, anyway, the good news is they're both going to make some money. They're both going to give money yeah. to charity. I'm in big support of that. Yeah, yeah, yep. man, I'm I'm yeah. supportive of that. And you know, they're selling yeah. it for forty nine ninety nine. It's a great price to get the right. fight. You know, I think it's a it's a perfect uh, price point, especially during you know where we are with COVID nineteen and everything. And you know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. not like ninety nine dollars. You know, it's forty nine ninety nine. You get yep. some friends together, and we get to relive our our old. Uh, Mike Tyson days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the truth. Right. Yeah. I know. Well, listen, man, I, Joey, I, it has been a distinct pleasure, man, to have you on the program. You're amazing. You're a Renaissance guy. And um, I don't know the last time I had this much fun with one of these podcasts, just really talking to a guy that has so much depth and so much background and so many things, man. It's a pleasure. And I want to thank, thank you, you so for much. being on the program, bro. Yeah, it was great being on. I, I again, I same thing. I had fun, and that's what it's about. You know what I mean? The, you know the memories you can have of having fun at whatever you're doing. Like they say, if you're having fun, what you're doing, even if it's a job, you never work. That's you right. Never work Not a, a day, day in your, in your life, life bro. Yeah. That's it. Yep. And on yeah. that note, my friends, I'd like to thank you for listening in to another episode of the Boxing Breakdown, and I want to wish you peace and love. And I'll see you guys on the other side. Boxing Breakdown is out. Fight fans, join host Mark Roxy and special guests as they break down all aspects of the boxing world, including news, business, management, training, promotions, fan reactions, upcoming events, matchups, future boxing stars, title fights, state of the boxing world and all the stuff you don't see when you watch boxing this podcast is released each week on thursday at 8 p.m eastern standard time live streamed on youtube instagram and facebook live it's the boxing breakdown hosted by mark roxy